passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome in to another edition of Scoop Live. will not be called Scoop Live this time next week. We will have a name. We will discuss that shortly. I'm Tommy Ashley. That's the star of the show, Don Callahan. We are sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. must say i'm out of sorts a little bit clearly not in my way up aka man tower down at the beach in laws beach place got everything set up and i forgot to send you the link don you did i was sitting waiting for it i was like what is going on i was like why are you not in here (laughs) come on man and uh just for our, our folks why were you not in here? What have you been working on? It seems like you've been quite busy lately, my man. Yeah, I had, um, well, specifically, I mean, I was doing an interview with a recruit. Um, so, but I was ready at noon and I'm just sitting here waiting for the, the, uh, for you to send me the link. So, I, you know, stuff happens. I just, I, I was like literally off it. Alan Minton in chat. Shout out to being the first afternoon dish. That's the tweet. That might be a possibility. Should we throw um, out there that we're going to have a chat MVP? So we're going to have, uh, we're going to do the naming rights. And, and we I've got my choice. Don and I will discuss it. And I said, that person that submitted that name will get a hat, inside Carolina hat, a Richardson hat, special hat. Can't buy them in stores yet. And then we're going to have a chat MVP. Are we going to do that every week? Is that what you want to do? Yeah, so we won't. So whoever's the MVP for this week, we'll announce it next week. So gotcha. it's just whoever's the most active. We're going to want to spread this, spread the love around. So there's certain people who are going to be more active, like every single week. We want to give it to other people too. So maybe, maybe at some point after we get all the super active people out there, maybe some newcomers, that sort of thing. But yeah, just... You know, keep it light and fresh. Maybe, maybe if you have a really good comment or a really good question, maybe that will be it. So we'll decide on who the MVP is, and then next week we'll announce it. Yeah, man. Give, give you a shout out, that sort of thing. Yeah, and there's a, a ton of folks that are on here, like every show ever. And uh, I was watching Joey and Sherelle. I was in the background a little bit watching their show, and it's it's the same folks that are always in here. So they should 100 percent. Um, get in the chats, get active. 
um, because we're going to start naming MVPs. And everybody, everybody loves an MVP, right? Doesn't that's right? It doesn't matter how you play; it's that MVP trophy that matters. So uh, join up and get in the chat. And special shout out to the folks that get in here on Wednesdays at noon. Don and I decided um, when we were doing this show that we wanted to do something different. We do most of our lives at 9 o'clock at night. So Wednesdays at noon is a tough time for everybody to get here, but especially shout out for everybody that's here live. And, of course, if you're not listening to this live, you're just as important. Give us a shout out, rate us, review us, like, subscribe, all that stuff, wherever you get your podcasts and on the YouTube channel. Don, let's get right into it. North Carolina's defensive back room. If if folks are watching and they're oh wait hold on hold on can we, we we're gonna do our top five at the end of the show. Oh yeah, yeah. top, top five, five movies, football movies. I thought. Yep, football football movies. movies. So put those in the chat. We will read everybody's from the chat at the end, and we'll give hours. We'll discuss by this towards the end. So so do that throughout the show. We might need to throw out some additional reminders later. But I'll, I'll let you get back into. What we're at, what the 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 main purpose for why we're here? Why we are here? If if you're a premium Tar Pit subscriber, um, if you're not, I don't understand why not. Plus the Johnny T-shirt discount. But uh, if you're a premium subscriber, you know that Don dropped a defensive hey, so back scoop. I know I keep on interrupting you, but man. my man Preston, he had, and we we need to find it. So Preston, please send the same top five you sent last week. Have, did you see it? I, he posted I saw, it. And, I saw it. Oh, did you see it? Well, I can't remember it. Just if I'm honest, there was his number one was awesome. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. No more interrupting well, you. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you a plenty, and uh, I'm trying to give you your flowers. And I'm uh, drink drinking out of my turtle cup. You can tell I got the beach theme going on. Got some pictures back there. Uh, but anyway, defensive back scoop. Don dropped that, uh, I guess, yesterday on Tar Pit Premium. And, and Don, overall, let, before we get into it, what is what is the theme of this 2024 defensive back recruiting cycle, do you think, for North Carolina? Um, a lot of interesting names. Yeah. Far and near. What do you think? The theme? Yeah. I like, think, what are they really going for? I is think it, they're trying to definitely – you fill, fill the depth. I mean, I know that they've picked up some guys from the portal in the prior portal portal window, but some of those guys, most of those guys only have a year or two of eligibility. They lost a lot of guys in the portal, particularly from the defensive back group. So I think they need to, to kind of replenish this position room. And so I mentioned this in, in the, in the scoop, but depending on the size of this class, I think it's going to be a good size class. I would guess a quarter of the class, if not more, will be defensive backs just because of the, of the need that's there. If you look at the depth charts, um, go to inside Carolina's football recruiting board on that same tar pit message board and, and go to DBs and scroll down and look at the scholarship roster 2023. I mean, it is unbelievable how many grads or seniors are on there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it is by far, and I'm sure I'm wrong, but it, it appears to be by far the most experienced group. I didn't say best group, but most experienced group. You got Derek Allen, Biggers, and Don Chapman, who came back all in the boundary safety category that are all grads. So they've played four years plus, five years of football. You got DJ Jones currently on there. He's just another senior. You got Armani Chapman uh, from Virginia Tech, another grad. Uh, Legend Cavazos, another senior slash junior. I mean, the eligibility to COVID year and all that kind of mess. And then you've got Antavis Lane coming over from Georgia State. You got Elijah Huzzy from East Tennessee State. These guys are old football players for college. And so just a ton of experience. Don, to your point, portal changes everything. But all things equal, those guys are not going to be – the big majority of those guys are not going to be on the roster next year, which yeah. makes this class that even bigger, even though the portal can alleviate some of those. 
Yeah, no, I, I, you need depth. And I think this is the danger of depending too much on the portal. And this is out of, this is out of the coaching staff's control. So I'm not trying to blame them at all, but they lost so much out of the portal during that first window. And then they were able to kind of answer or fill some of those holes with portal guys. But you get into this cycle of constantly going into the portal and the portal, as we're starting to learn, is a little bit unpredictable on what you're going to be able to pull out of it. So you still have to have the 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 base of your whatever position it is still needs to be built through the high school ranks. And that's what I think in this class they're trying to do. But I'm curious, you know, to kind of bring you into, I know you don't want to make it about you, but you saw a lot more, well, definitely way more spring ball than I did had a lot more conversations with the coaching staff than I did. So what, what do you think the starting secondary is going to look like this fall? Ooh, um, I think, you know, I'll start with Huzzy. Uh, I mean, everybody listening to this knows that um, Jason Staples loves the guy and strongly disappointed. We didn't get to see him in action on, in the spring game. Um, he was, dressed in jersey and shorts and so he didn't play but i, I believe the staff loves him and mm-hmm. um just jason raves over him he's an experienced guy he's stepping up a level yes but uh you know the skills that he has travels and he was able to make a, a heavy mark in the spring i think Derek allen out of georgia tech um surprised some people to be honest when when they picked him up i didn't really I didn't really remember him much from Georgia Tech and making a ton of plays. He's a good player, um, but I think he's out there. I think they really like Will Hardy. You know, Hardy was obviously in a a red jersey and a no-contact jersey a fair amount, or all spring really, but I think they really like him, and I think Hardy played really well um, on a defense that struggled heavily last season and and made some plays. He got thrown in the fire. Uh, I mean, he got thrown in the fire at App State, and it was a raging, uh, just a wildfire out there. And, and, you know, he struggled as well, but he acquitted himself. So you've got those guys that I think are probably solid starting. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, you know, one of those other safeties could slide to that field safety area maybe, or, or maybe Antavis Lane comes in, but they see him more of a star um, out of Georgia State. And he's a little fella. Um when I say little, he's short. He's 5'9". And so you slide him up into the star role. But that other cornerback is going to be interesting. You know, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Chapman out of Virginia Tech, who was hurt all spring? Is it going to be Cavazos? Is somebody like Tayon Holloway going to step up? Um, or is it going to be Marcus Allen? And you get Allen and Allen in the starting back defensive backfield. I think that would be pretty cool. You had brothers back there. Um, certainly you'd have some good chemistry going forward but I think out of that group Don I think that's where you're looking at the starters how they use them is going to be something interesting to watch um so I don't think all right, so so I'm assuming Boykin at star Boykins is there I mean they put Lane at star um you know on this depth chart too especially you know can Huzzy go there you know it's it's they're going to mix and match. You know, everybody always talks about it. you got to play the best guys, all right? Well, if your best guy at boundary safety or, excuse me, boundary corner is maybe your best guy at another position, but the other boundary corner, you know what I mean? The mm-hmm. pieces have to align yeah, yeah. Um, for that. So I think what they want to be able to do is play more guys and have more production and then have opportunities that if a guy's not producing to put somebody else out there, I think Huzzy's going to be number one, if he stays healthy without question. I don't think, um, you know, it's interesting with Don Chapman, he, he left, he came back. Um, did it have anything to do with Conley leaving? Um, you know, it's just interesting there, but I think Huzzy's absolute. And I think Derek Allen um, and Will Hardy are, are close to that. 
and it'll be that fourth guy or fifth guy, you know, because they're going to play the star, like you said. So I don't think there's room, and, and I could be wrong, and, and I'd be interested in hearing you discuss this, flipping it back to you on guys that have come in and the new guys that are not far removed from high school is, is there room for a younger guy to get yeah. some playing time in that defensive back? Well, I think it's so in flux. There's 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 the opportunity, but it's going to be tough because I, I agree with you. I think that there's, you know, at corner, you, I'm a big Huzzy fan. Marcus Allen played a lot, looked really good. Um, Legend Cavazos looked really good last year too. Um, those are probably the guys, I guess, at corner that those three – Chapman, I didn't hear a lot of positive things, and some of this might be sour grapes, but um, I didn't hear a whole lot of positive things from people I know at Virginia Tech who are usually pretty honest about it. So I, I don't expect him to be too much of an impact based off of that. You, know, you mentioned safety. Yeah, I mean, I think Will Hardy will play a bunch because he played a bunch last year as a true freshman. And then I think it's kind of mix and match with, uh, you know, does – Derek Allen, Biggers, Chapman, you know. So it's just so hard for the incoming guys or even the um, guys who have just been on campus for just a year other than, you know, a guy like Will Hardy who played a bunch last year. But I guess if I had to throw out a name, I probably would go with uh, Tayon Holloway, who didn't play at all last season, which really surprised me. I think there was some injury stuff going on. I don't know that to be fact, but it's just kind of what what I've – Feel like I remember someone telling me, but I'm pretty sure he didn't see any action. And I remember seeing him in person and then also watching his film. I thought he was an absolute stud um, and, and a steal for North Carolina. And I thought he was one of the guys that because of COVID, which prevented him from participating in you know, the showcase camps and a lot of schools seeing him because he was part of that, that, um, I guess he was the 2022 class. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then he committed so early. He committed before the COVID, I guess, shutdown for visits ended. So right. he didn't take a whole lot of visits. He wasn't big in recruiting, but I loved his film. I loved his approach to playing the cornerback position. I love the fact that his senior season, he blew up as a wide receiver because that kind of speaks to his playmaking ability and his ball skills. And so uh, I think if I had to throw someone out there who hasn't played a whole lot, I would expect him to be the guy. Yeah, uh, and, and he made some plays in in some of the practices that we were allowed to see. Uh, he, he made plays out there. You know, I, I do like when you discuss a cornerback or a defensive back having wide receiver skills mm-hmm. because we, we always hear – you know, they, they play DB and not wide receiver because they don't have the hands. And and that's why they're on defense and not on offense. So you, if you've got a guy that can um, catch the football and make okay. plays on the ball, that's, that's even that's even better. So maybe he's a young guy. But yeah, they've got options. And, yeah. And, and what's interesting, and as you were talking, and as we're talking about these younger guys, it's dominated by older guys. The younger guys, this is where the developmental process comes in. And, you know, we can talk about star rankings and all that stuff, but ultimately guys have to be developed. So that'll be interesting to watch. But, Don, and it's a gigantic but uh, with one T, do they stick around? Do players in this day and age stick around to be developed? Or is it a situation where they – We've talked about the portal and having to dip in, or do you have to dip in the portal every year? So that'll be something I will watch a lot because, like I said, leading off the top of this segment, there are going to be a ton of guys that are out of eligibility. Mm-hmm. And whether or not they play a lot or stick around, they're not going to be eligible to play college football again. And so North Carolina is going to have to develop what they have, but also I think – in lieu of guys playing early out of the 2023 class, they're going to have to um, seek in the portal or dip in the portal again. What do you mm-hmm. think? Yeah. No, I think that's, that's what they don't want to do, but that's what they will do, obviously, if that's what they need to do. Um, because I think that we're looking at this depth chart here 
and you mentioned this before. Oh, now I lost it. Oh, no, I got it. All right. Um, just the amount of guys who are leaving the, the program after the season is, is a crazy amount. And one of the things that Mac Brown has definitely done is fill uh, starting needs w- through the portal. And I think it's a smart way to go, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so what what do you make of all of the disproportionate, you know, transfer out from from the DB group? Because I think if you if you just took those guys and just look at the other the other part of the roster, it hasn't been a whole lot. But DB just seems to be constantly getting hit, and in some instances, as guys leaving and then coming back, and then with Hollins, he left, came back, and left again. Chapman left, came back. You know, and Connolly just Connolly kind of surprised me yeah. just because I mean, I don't go to as many practices as you have, but I'm, I can remember going to games and a few practices I've gone to, always seeing him on the sidelines by himself or with the trainer working through, you know, his different um, physical therapy stuff to come back from injury and to spend all that time. And I don't know, it was kind of a mystery to me, obviously not my um, my area. Yeah, I mean, yes, Conley was surprising. Um, but there's multi facets to those decisions, um, especially his. You've got the guys that leave that want to play, period. You've got guys that may not fit a new scheme or, or may not fit what the coaching staff is trying to do. They're good enough to play, um, but they're not going to provide what they uh, what those coaches want. And and then you have guys that just aren't good enough, and maybe they're. It goes on everywhere, but you know, look, you're not going to play here. You might as well leave. We'll try to help you, and we've mm-hmm. heard Mac Mac say that a lot. Um, so there's a variety of reasons. Then you know, you've got life, and you've got school and everything. So you know, I think all of those play a role in these decisions to leave. Um, you know, as far as when you separate covering a team versus, um, you know, pulling for a kid themselves to, you know, you go through a lot. We, we've heard about depression. Mac talks about depression and suicide a lot with college age kids and, and, and all that and how it's important, the mental health aspect of it. So whatever happens, you want that stuff to be taken care of. And, uh, you know, you wish a guy like Conley well in all facets of life. His father was on this podcast um, on with me. It's interesting. Um, and folks that are watching maybe maybe remember it. We had uh, Mr. Conley, we had Mr. Rucker, and we had uh, Mr. Uh, Glover, Tony Grimes' dad. It was a heck of a podcast. I and, bet. And, um, you know, Reverend Rucker was amazing. Um, uh-huh still is and i know he pays attention to these but it's just interesting to see of all those guys that were together then and that was a year ago how it's changed so fast and that's just the nature of it Uh, i mean college football college athletics ultimately i I think people want to play because it is a finite time like you and me we can sit on the couch and watch tv all forever but those players they got however many years in their bodies to play yeah. a sport. So as far as, you know, looking at the roster now, Mac talked about it early on that they don't want to dip into the portal for depth. They're mm-hmm. going for starters. And I think that's probably evolved a little bit. And I was going to ask you this to sort of spin it back to this cycle is everybody left out of that room. And that was interesting. I think as a function of, um, last year was a disaster. Um, of course, there was a coaching change. Dre Bly is no longer on that staff. Well, that was and, part of it. That was in response to the disaster, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you have um, Charlton Warren's got a style that may not mesh with the guys that were there, how they like to be coached or how they're coachable. You know, everybody has – that's the great thing when you talk to enough head coaches – and enough position coaches there's these guys have styles and they recruit to those styles mm-hmm. and and if you didn't get recruited to that style and then the guy you got re- recruited to left and now you're at school with 
a guy whose style you might not get along with, that's another reason to leave. So I think all of those things I mentioned there, all of it, sort of wrap into why the defensive back room was such in flux over the past, however, what are we, May 3rd now, um, over the last six months. It's just been chaotic, and it did not help. And if folks listening to this haven't read Buck Sanders's uh, column today, <laughs> there was a lot of bad football being played for whatever reason. The numbers, the stats don't lie. Yeah. And, and so here we are with transfers, and a lot of experience in a defensive back room that has to be better, doesn't need to be better. It has to be better for North Carolina. When you talk to – let me ask you this, and shout out to the folks that are in here. The, the crowd is building every every day. Shout out for, for spending our uh, your lunchtime on Wednesday with Don how, and I. Can you – do you have to go to YouTube itself to see how many people are in there? I can, I can see, see it the- on my screen. There's 50, 50 plus in here. Okay. It should be on the top of your screen. It's top of mine at least. I don't know if it's because yeah. I'm an admin or whatever. You got better perks than I do. I got more skills. But uh, <laughs> to, you made me lose my train of thought. Anyway, I'm going to talk about Johnny T-shirt. We're going to come back because I will remember it when I'm talking about Johnny T-shirt. They support this podcast. They support Inside Carolina. They support you um, for – the Inside Carolina Premium Subscriber. Go visit them on Franklin Street. I was up there yesterday moving furniture out of a dorm room already. Um, and I also went to the baseball game. And I did not get by a Johnny T-shirt. And I regret it because that's the go-to place when you're in Chapel Hill. So check them out online or in-store. Alumni-owned and operated. And they have every single piece of equipment, piece of gear, piece of clothing that you could use and need if you're a Carolina fan, as all of you are. Haven't seen any uh, opponent trolls in the chat yet. I'm sure it's coming. But they can even go to Johnny T-shirt and get whatever they need for their secret love, which is Carolina football and Carolina basketball and Carolina athletics. National Guys Pay the Bills will be right back with Scoop Live. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, Don, I can't remember my train of thought, but the point being is, is that this room is completely changed mm-hmm. from last year. So when you talk to potential recruits in the 24 class and beyond, how much of what has gone on and what was on the field last year and the year before and the year before matters in the recruitment of these young men? So I don't think... So I think where it matters is what we were talking about, the, the term that we kind of use, that prestige mm-hmm. term. So I think it, it has affected people's feelings on, you know, those recruits' feelings on North Carolina, where they're kind of at in the football hierarchy. I think from a standpoint of, I just don't think recruits pay close attention enough to, you know, development and that sort of thing. And then also, even if you wanted to, it's so hard to quantify because if you think about it, you take just, let, let's take, I'm not going to name a specific name, but you take a DB that's signed with Mac in the 2019 class. He's had a couple of different, you know, he had Dre Bly for most of his, well, I guess all of his career, but also had a couple of different uh, um, defensive coordinators, which matters a lot to the secondary. And, um, and then also, and then you get, you know, Charlton Warren who comes in. How do you quantify just where 
it went right, where it went wrong, who did what, and that sort of thing. So it's hard to really say, you know what I mean? And and then you also got to somehow calculate in there just how good of a player they were when they arrived and all that sort of I just don't know if you can um, – I mean, obviously we can look at it and see it's going well, it's not going well. But I think for a recruit, especially because they're high school kids, and you you have high school boys, so you know how it is. I mean – their 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 attention span is is like a squirrel's. It it just is not there to pay that close attention. So I think for them, it's more about the relationship they're able to build with Charlton Warren or or Coach Jones and or you know Mac Brown and that sort of thing matters a lot more. And then yes, just their thoughts on the program in general and really what has happened with that program within their lifetime. Yes, interesting. So you've covered this stuff for 20-plus years, and you've covered Charlton Warren twice now. Yeah. Um, when you watch the players they go after, and, of course, Jason Jones is in the mix as well here, as is Gene Chizik being the defensive coordinator. Where has the – if there has been, how has the there been a shift in type of player that is recruited by – this version of North Carolina defense, Warren, Jason Jones, versus maybe um, Bateman and Bly. Is it the same guys yeah, that so would I be think recruited, or is there of, a different take? Yeah, so I think there's it's more of like a full defensive scheme philosophy change. Bateman loved the tweener guys that didn't fit in a specific position because Bateman, you know, his before he arrived in North Carolina, his, his uh, scheme – received that positionless defense was, was its kind of nickname because of the fact that he loved to kind of throw off the offense by doing things that the offense didn't expect, which means, you know, blitzing a, a safety, dropping a, a defensive tackle into coverage, which I know when those things don't work or you get blown up for, they look like, what are you doing? But when they do kind of confuse the defense or the offense, you know, then we're like, oh, wow, he's a he's a genius, which at, there were times where people referred to him as such. But anyway, so his focus, what I don't say his focus, he loved those sort of guys. That's why I think guys like Ra Ra Dilworth transferred out. Um, Gabe Stevens um, mm-hmm. transferred out. You know, uh, those sort of guys, Bateman was able to, and maybe even Connolly, to be honest with you, you know, mm-hmm. because Connolly, you know, has certain skill set that works great, obviously. Had a great start to his career for UNC under Bateman. Um, but um, so he loves those guys, whereas Chiswick and Warren, they're more of a, you know, they have a specific mold for each position, and that's what they're looking for, and they try not to deviate from that too much, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, um, I mean – it's kind of like DNA, right? It's like 99.9% all the same, mm-hmm. but there's a small part that makes yeah. us all different. It's the same with with coaches. They they have tweaks in what they like, and Chiswick and Warren and, and even Jason Jones, I guess, it, it's more of a traditional, well, this guy's a corner. This, this is not a tweener. He's a corner, or he can be a star, or he can be a safety versus what you talked about with with Bateman, and we use the term probably way too much, the Swiss Army knife type player. Yeah. And um, and then and the issue with those type players, and there's been a ton of them that are really good, the issue with those type players, though, is when you change your philosophy is how do you fit them in, and to your point, yeah. that's why, um, you know, guys may get the talk that you – know, you just there we don't have a space for you or, or yeah. you're not the type of player we want that's not necessarily a, a shot at no the, how good a player is by any means that's a shot at this is what we want mm-hmm. and and so guys move on so looking at this board now and i don't want to give away too much of your scoop folks need to go check it out it's, it's amazing work what you do with this um you know obviously they're going to need players. They're mm-hmm. going to need good players. Who do you think is maybe highest up, or in your opinion, highest up on North Carolina's board here, um, given the fact 
that there will be plenty of spots available after next season. So I know from what I, well, I shouldn't say no. From what I've gathered, you know, a guy like Malcolm Ziegler, who's basically kind of a neighbor of mine. That's your um, fellow, right? You can just walk through the woods and go yeah, check him out. Yeah, right? he's just, uh, <laughs> I have to go to Fuquay for just about everything. Uh, but uh, my kids know know him, know of him, and that sort of thing. But uh, you, if you if you follow him on Twitter, he is killing it in track with some mind blowing track numbers, and he's like he's a legit six two two hundred pound kid. So he had and he has a size, he has a speed, that sort of thing. It looks like you know UNC and South Carolina are only two schools that he has official visits to it looks like it might come down to those two programs. I know he really values education, which I think you would have to give the nod to North Carolina, but you know, South Carolina, if we're being honest, is kind of the hot program, regardless of what they've done on the football field. I don't even know what the record is, what the record was last season, but um, they, you know, they're doing really well. Their, their recruiting classes is doing tremendous and um, they're the hot program. And so that's kind of the pull there. For them, you know, a couple other guys, you know, I mean, you know, Tyshawn White, a four-star kid from Buford, which is a national powerhouse. UNC has been able to draw him to campus, I think, like three times already, which is pretty impressive considering he hasn't made a whole lot of visits, particularly this offseason because of his seven-on-seven and track seasons. There's some guys who are, you know, diamonds in the rough things, such as uh, um, Cameron Courtney, you know, Jalen Thompson is a kid I know the staff really, really likes. It doesn't match up exactly with the rankings. I'm not saying the staff is wrong or that the rankings are wrong. I'm just saying that they definitely like those two guys. I mean, uh, Courtney, I don't think I don't even think is ranked. Yeah, he's not even ranked yet. But the staff really love, likes those guys. Feel like they're diamonds in a rough. You know, you, there's also a guy to kind of throw out a big name, a four-star guy, Zion Ferguson, who has been committed to LSU since. Uh, I think September, he actually, the only school he's visited since then is North Carolina for the UNC Duke basketball game. And he has an official visit scheduled to, to Chapel Hill. So it'll be interesting to see if he goes through with that visit. And if it does anything, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, he's just pumping up LSU the entire time. So it's hard to, hard to envision him, you know, going in a different direction but you never know once you have a kid on campus. There's a bunch of other guys here too that North Carolina is a really good shot with that they're that the recruiting that that official setup and all that's kind of laid out in the scoop. Did, did was there any particular guys you wanted to talk about? Well, I was going to ask you about Ferguson because, like you mentioned, he is actively LSU. Yeah, and he's visiting Carolina. I mean, yeah, how's that work? I guess because LSU isn't worried. I think the UNC Duke basketball game visit can easily be explained. You tell yeah. them, you know, because his his mom's from Durham, graduated from Hillside High School. Grandmother still lives in Durham. You easily say, hey, this is a big game for my family, free tickets, yada, yada. He brought a lot of family members, went to that. The official visit, I think, is going to be a little bit harder to explain. But, you know, is Brian Kelly going to worry about North Carolina for yeah. a kid that's smack dab in the middle of SEC country? I don't, right. I don't think so. So you, I think you allow him to take it. You know, not worry too much. I think you would worry a little bit more if he was, you know, visiting Alabama or somewhere like that. But I think that, you know, you allow him to kind of ex- to take that experience with his family, get that out of his system sort of thing. I got a bunch of questions that are just okay. popping here. Uh, how much does family matter? How, how much for, for players? And I'm not saying – and we can do a whole separate show on North Carolina specifically, like players mm-hmm. from North Carolina and in the footprint. But how much does family – having family nearby a school, and, and since this is inside Carolina, we'll talk about it. – because it seems like there are – and we can also discuss that on a different format – there's a ton of players that have family here in this state. How much does that matter? How much does North Carolina or is North Carolina able to use that to their favor in pulling guys that may not be into the traditional footprint or they're just outside of the state or whatever, but you know, grandma's in Durham. How much does that matter? And how much does North yeah, Carolina? So I think use that, that, well, first it, most recruits will tell you distance doesn't matter, but for most recruits, to some degree, it does. 
you you know we talked about Don Chapman. That's an exception, not the rule. Yeah. You know that just doesn't happen. And um, mo- so most people, most recruits, end up staying. I would say, let's say a reasonable driving distance from their immediate family, not necessarily their grandmom. Now, does it help North Carolina? Absolutely. It doesn't hurt, you know, um, especially because, you know, I mean, where he's outside of Atlanta, that's really not that far. It's, it's a, it's a solid drive, you know, um, and then to not only have that, but to know that family are around in case something does happen, that's always a positive, but clearly, you know, he's committed to LSU. So clearly, it wasn't that big of a pull and just his feelings about LSU overcame that. But I mean, it helps, but I don't think it helps as much as, as you know, you may think. Right. Well, well to your point, it certainly doesn't hurt. And, and we've seen people, um, we've seen grownups come home to be closer to family um, and, and older relatives. I mean, Clyde Christensen did well, that, and they, they I, lost um, they lost a parent there recently. But it's an interesting dynamic to me um, because when I see Ferguson, I'm like, why would he visit? That's why he's visiting. North Carolina has something to offer, by, obviously. Um, but then you see it's always watch what they do, not what they say. Well, is Twitter what he's saying? And the visit is yeah. what he's doing. You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think, um, I don't know if this is matters, but I, I know when he was leaving Chapel Hill for his most recent visit, he texted me and said, hey, I just got in the car. Let me call you when I get to my grandmom's house. You know, so for him, when he's visiting, he's he's he spent that entire weekend at his grandmother's house. So I'm sure his yeah. parents, you know, hey, it's a trip. We get to do something fun and get to see family. Yeah, I, I mean it's an interesting dynamic. Let me ask you this: You mentioned, I think it was Courtney. That's not. Uh, yeah, that's not ranked. Cameron Courtney. Yep. How, Don? You've covered it a long time too, and obviously every staff is different. But how much do staffs in general? Not this one specifically yet. We're not there yet. How much do does that sort of build on itself? A guy's a five star, so we're going to offer him. Sight unseen, we're going to offer him. He's a five star. And then on down the line, how much does does the star system actually influence coaches and recruiting staffs? So I think it, I don't know if you want to say influences, because I think they kind of feed off of each other. Because I really think that a lot of this stuff, because this is an art, not a science, a lot of this stuff I think is subconscious. You know, if you go and watch a five-star you have already this built up perception of what he's going to look like sort of thing, you know, or a force or whatever it may be. If you throw on a film and you're ranking guys and you're ranking one that's a five-star, one's a four-star, one's a three-star, you know, it, it, it affects you knowing that. So I think with, 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 um, you know, all staffs do their own evaluation and they're pretty detailed as far as, you know, the film and breaking down the film and, and giving grades and with North Carolina in particular, because I know that that system, I don't know it inside and out, but I know it way better than any other system. You know, you have a bunch of different eyes that are involved. Mac Brown has talked about it a bunch. So obviously all those people are are giving grades on um, on the recruits. But I mean, it is, we're humans. And if you're looking at film on a guy who's already ranked a five-star, it, it's hard to kind of separate that. The other thing is, is I feel like, and the people who do the rankings would never admit to this. Obviously, you try to ignore the offers, but it is difficult with a kid who has a load of offers, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, so on and so forth, and to be like, uh, he's a he's a three, he's garbage, he's a three-star. Right. So I feel like these things kind of almost work together. And then what we end up having as the end result is, you know, um, is kind of the, the rankings end up reflecting what the market for these kids are, you know, you know, um, just like any other market, a financial market or a betting market or any of those sort of things. That's what I feel like the rankings end up being for these guys. And we see it all the time. I can remember that the best story I have 
right? Do you remember Todd Gurley and Absolutely. Keith Marshall? Yep. And I remember forever. To this day, I still believe it. And I think I kind of, you know, end up being, not to pat myself on the back, um, always felt Gurley was way better than Marshall. I went to, I, I took a friend actually to a, a Keith Marshall game and Keith Marshall had like a 54 yard touchdown run. That was like a bobble snap. He caught it. The defense caught off guard and just bolted down the, down the field. Other than that, he didn't do anything and they were getting blown out and he pulled himself out of the game. You know, I just didn't think he had the mind for it. Whereas you had Todd Gurley. I can remember in, I think it was a state championship, his junior season playing defensive end with a sprained ankle and playing that the entire the entire game playing defensive end and um, running back, you know. Um, but anyway, um, going back to my actual point, I was telling I don't want to name names, but there was a specific person who's still kind of prominent in this field, who I kept on telling them, Todd Gurley, and they were like, "Well, it, it, you know, tell me about what's going on, with Keith Marshall." I'm like, "No, I'm telling you, Todd Gurley, you need to give him a look. This is a kid that really needs. He's a four star kid. I'm telling you." He's just as good, and I actually think he's better. Better size. He's a track kid also, although he was in hurdles. Marshall was was a uh, pure speed guy. Then the next thing – well, so this is going on for about a year or so. Georgia offers. I get a phone call. What do you know about this, this, this same person? What do you know about this Todd Gurley guy? And I was like <sighs> – so, Yeah, you remember the guy I've been telling you about for two years? Guess what happened to Todd Gurley's ranking? He got a four-star ranking so now i don't think people are like okay this school offered then we have to bump it up because it's this school i think we subconsciously think well georgia does really well alabama does really well so if they offer a kid they must be good and really if if that's the way you're going about business, it's it's a pretty smart way to go about it because if you just look at the track record of these guys, they're constantly recruiting better, developing better, finding these players and putting them in the NFL draft. They're getting higher. Just look at all the numbers. Everything backs that up. But yes, so all these things affect the um, all these things kind of work together. And I know we kind of went off on a different. No, I think of- it goes back to the prestige thing we talked about in the first yeah. episode of us. You know, is that, hey, that school offered, he must be good. Yeah. You know, and I'm interested, um, and this is, I don't, this is not really answerable, but I'm interested in if somebody has 40 offers from everybody, how many of those are legit offers? Yeah. Right? And that's the thing. What it's is like most of those kids' offers are not legit. Yeah. And, I mean, and then, you know, and you, you start to kind of realize where are, where do they, and this is what I try to do is, you know, where are they visiting? You talk to a kid and they have all these offers, claims all these offers. Who are you hearing from them? Who are you hearing from most frequently? And they only name like three or four schools. Well, those are clearly the ones that want you. Maybe some of those other schools, for whatever reason, would still take you. But for the most part, most kids have probably like a handful of schools that they could really are legit options for them. Now, you have, you definitely have exceptions to the rule for sure. You know, um, Noah Rogers could have went anywhere. Yeah. I want to ask answer um, Alan's question though. Um, was was UNC ever in the running for Caleb Downs? I think that there definitely was a point where UNC was in the running, but I think UNC fell off way before he admitted it. Way before everybody accepted it. I think North Carolina fell off during that. I guess it was the 2021 season, which was another season that didn't go so well particularly with the defense. It was the season that ended with that South Carolina bowl game where, I mean, I had multiple recruits mention that game to me about just how terrible North Carolina looked in that game. Um, And that goes to the prestige thing. Everyone's talking about nine wins and everything. There's certain games that matter more or impact someone's feelings about a school more than others. You know, a bowl game where a lot of people are watching it because they're on ESPN and they're usually not, competing against another game, those games tend to be more impactful than, you know, playing Wake Forest on ESPN plus at noon. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so, so that has to, that kind of goes into the prestige thing, but I think going back to Caleb Downs, I think there was legit interest, but I think 
during that 2021 season, it started to shift into him focusing in on, um, you know, the quote unquote, you know, powerhouse schools, Alabama, Ohio state, the, you know, and it sounds like he's killing it already. Yeah. I think Alan Minton might be in the, might be in the, uh... MVP. Front seat for the MVP of today's <laughs> podcast. He's been all over it. Uh, when, when we do we have to get on, into our top top five, but yeah, we're, we're going. We got two more minutes before we get into our top five. Okay. I, I mean, I think when I, you, you know, we can talk about wins and losses. You talk about the game. That's surprising. A lot of people mentioned that game. Um, how much do kids play, pay attention to results? Um, you know, Carolina goes nine and five. Uh, you know, what three or four of those are close losses? Um, could have gone either way, missed kick, um, dropped touchdown. Uh, you know, Oregon game, get a stop there at the end, and that's probably a win for North Carolina. How much do recruits look at that team? Won well, nine, but they they could have very easily. How, how much do kids think about what could have been versus what they see in the end? They don't um look at it like us at all now you have boys and they're big carolina fans when they're home how, do they i mean this is i, I I'm, I'm curious more than anything are they watching games with you mm-hmm. one of them is all okay. the time all right but the other one not so much he's he's getting more into it since he'll be in chapel hill i try to explain to him these <laughs> these guys are your classmates now you need to support them so he he's done better so i'll, I'll give him credit but they He's not as diehard as the other one. Yeah. So um, now my son doesn't, I mean, I'm watching football. I'm watching sports nonstop. And my son's not sitting there unless he has his phone taken away and he's grounded. And even then, <laughs> even then he will watch a little bit and then just go to, go to bed. I mean, that's what he does when he's grounded. <laughs> so high, high school kids in general just don't watch this stuff. And you add in the fact and you go look at some of these kids, they're going to games. Mm-hmm. So you might, when you're at North Carolina, you're watching that game, obviously. But the next week when you're at NC State, you're going to hear about what North Carolina did. But it's more about what the perception of other people's, how, what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but, you know, and then the next week you're somewhere else. You're Virginia Tech. And, I mean, you know how it is. I mean, I... I love going to games, but then I also don't like going to games because for me, if I go to a game, that's, that's my day. Like, and I cannot, it's, you can kind of follow games on, on your phone and you could pull up games and watch and everything. It's, it's better nowadays than it was even like a few years ago, but it is hard to focus on a lot of games. I mean, I have three TVs in my man tower for a reason because I'm watching yeah. three TVs at least. I got a fourth I pull up here too. So I'm watching four games every moment of Saturday from noon until if I can get the Hawaii game. Usually I'm a, usually I'm asleep before the Hawaii game. But um, high school kids just don't. I mean, you know, even if if they're home, they're not sitting in front of their TVs like we are and watching games. They're out with their friends. They're not this. this you know, the um, Gen Zs they they just don't watch it as much. So everything that they their feelings about a program is all based off of kind of what the talk is. And, you know, and so the talk about North Carolina, no, people don't like to hear this, was that they didn't have a great season. And this goes back to I mentioned South Carolina is a hot team. I still couldn't tell you what their finish was. I know that they upset um, Tennessee and, and Clemson. But beyond that, I couldn't tell you. I feel like they had a crappy record. But they were they were average and they got those two wins, but it's the perception wins. It's the perception. Right? Yeah. Because those because and here's why. That's what we talked about with those wins. You yeah. that's what was talked about for a few days. You yeah. know, and so people, you know, the other stuff that they did, and then the other part of it is that it's a new coach. So you give them a little bit of the honeymoon phase that are still in. I mean, if they have a crappy season this this season then people are going to start – it's going to that, – that perception is going to start flipping on them, and, and it's going to hurt them. But that's just – and I'm just using South Carolina as an example. I know that's not the best team to bring up. Well, I but, mean, you can pick any team. It's the same thing with any – I mean, you can pick the other team down the road in West Raleigh. Same deal. I mean, perception of certain things 
far outsides, exceeds the reality. But like you say, and, and to your point, is that high school age players listen to the perception. Yes. And they feed on the perception more than the reality. And it's also part of the reason why I asked the question last season um, at the end is, didn't you feel like you left a lot of meat on the bone? Yes. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, it all goes back to it. How, what do you think? And this is a sidetrack and we're going, we're going to drop our five here in a second. But <laughs> what do you think about North Carolina high school association or, or whatever the government body is called specifically um, going to allow high school kids for name, image and likeness? I mean, you've I mean, heard some of that stuff. It's fine. You know, um, I remember when Chaz Surratt was being recruited and I went to Denver, North Carolina. I went there a bunch of times. And there was a billboard. I think it was for orthodontist there with both Chaz and Sage Surratt on there. And I was thinking, huh, legally they can't get any money. But hopefully they did because obviously they're benefiting from that little town's you know, wide receiver QB duo at the time. So, yeah, I mean um, – I'm all for it. I'm all for people making money when they can. You know, I, I, I'm worried about it being used in a not so great way. So hopefully it's not, you know, but I think it's at such a lower level that maybe it doesn't matter too much. That's interesting. I think of it this way. Um, Joe linebacker goes to school in, in a uh, far Rockaway and far Rockaway just, happens to be where um last chance use biggest alumni most famous alumni lives and he owns a business and he wants to use joe well, linebacker that sort of a- happens with some schools you know like img i mean they don't i don't think they pay people but i mean they give scholarships and i mean hell if you're a football player to live there on scholarship you know that's even if you're not getting money, it's it's pretty pretty good setup. Have you been to IMG before? I have not. I've just seen pictures. I've heard stories. I've heard it's amazing. We went down there. Um, uh huh. What'd you think? And uh, well, it's tough to get on campus, but if you have high school age kids that are quote unquote being recruited, they'll let you in the door. Really? And, yeah. But it was like, yeah, yeah, they were being recruited. Anyway, we just drove around. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's nicer than plenty of college campuses I've been on. Yeah, and it is in the high society area of Florida down there. Yeah, um, with all the, with yeah, it's just it was crazy. It was pretty cool. Um, and they were like, "This is a high school." I was like, "This is a high school." And there's a local kid that went down there to play basketball on like the B or C team, and I was like, "He goes to school here." And yeah. It was ridiculous. But anyway, top five. Top five, Top five right. football movies. We wanna, we, we, do we want to read everybody else's real quick? I can pull some up before we get out of here because let's go with our guy Preston. All right. Necessary <laughs> Roughness 1. Brian's Song. Oh, excuse me. Necessary Roughness 5. Brian's Song 4. Waterboy 3. This is a very interesting mix. <laughs> North Dallas 40. And then Ross Martin's Little League Highlight Film. Uh, I don't, I have not seen that film. Um, <laughs> I, if I would have noticed that name, I would have discounted this one. But what do you think about, you got the, you've got the old movies the, or the old, older movies and you've got the, the tearjerker movies. Yeah. And then you have a comedy or well, a couple comedies. If you include Ross Martins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what you're dealing with, with all these lists is that you have, you know, the inspirations like Rudy and Remember the Titans, and then you have the comedies like Waterboy. I've not seen North Dallas 40, but I feel like that's a comedy, you know. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it. I'm apologizing. I mean, that's, 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 you know, what we're, we're dealing with. Let me see. Am I able to? Oh, did I do that or did you? I did it. Can you do it? I don't know. Let's see. No, I cannot do it. All right. It literally just happened right when I moved my mouse. All right, so I'll read this one from Alan, who uh, who I think is in the front runner. We'll have, to, we'll have to announce it next week who the MVP is, but <laughs> I think he's in a good spot right now. Although, I mean, Preston's top five was pretty legit. Anyway, all right, so we have uh, Longest Yard, Rudy facing the Giants. I'm not familiar with that. Uh, Friday Night Lights and Remember the Titans. 
Do you have anyone else? Any other top fives in here? I don't see, but I see a few. Like, look right here. This right here, this movie, and I have to admit, normally when I watch movies, I want to watch the the unedited, uh, not rated version. This is one of the movies where I I won't comment why, but I want to see the you rated are. version. I want to see the TV edit um, on this movie. But it is, a, it is a classic. It is a classic movie. Uh, shout out to Chris Fogel for that. Jeffrey Polly, Varsity Blues. I like that one. Isn't that a series? Is there a series? No, well, they, they, I think they did make it into a series, but there's a movie. That was the yeah. one when I was trying to explain that has the guy from Dawson's Creek on it. Yeah, somebody called you out last. Um, somebody's got the program on here. And the program's the one where the dude's laid in the middle of the street. Yeah, yeah. And um, somebody, somebody ended up copycatting that and paying the ultimate price. Um, so, so what would be your number one? Don, if you had to pick one. So I, I struggled. Well, do we, so how are we going to do this? We're going to just do, say where number one is. You tell me, how do you want to do it? Well, we can talk about, I'll give you mine and then we can write. Why don't you give me yours and I'll give you mine and then we'll, then we'll go then we'll, we'll discuss. Well, I'm going to give you two and a half and then you give me two and a half when we figure okay. out what All order right. and the folks can shout it out. I think my number one. Well, you want you to go reverse. Well, I can't go reverse. So, okay, I'll go reverse. I'm going to go uh, the program three. I'm going to go any given Sunday two. I'm going remember the Titans one because you will be perfect in every way. What's your top three? My top three, number three. I went with one that, that I'm surprised people forgot about. I like the Express about um, Ernie Davis. With Syracuse, this is somewhat newer, but um, I really like that movie. It's inspirational, but it, you know, it was during the time of you know this um, where the sports started to get segregated, and certain certain programs were not segregated. But anyway, um, uh, and my number two, remember the Titans, and my number one, Waterboy. Oh Lordy, I'm, you you corny like that. <laughs> So, folks, here's what we got. We got uh, we got a top three, and we want people to submit those. Send them to Don at Inside Carolina or Tommy at Inside Carolina or hit us up on chat or whatever you want to do. We need an ultimate top five uh, or top three list. My top three were program, um, any given Sunday, and remember the Titans. Don's were the Express. What was your second one? Remember the Titans, Remember Titans and Waterboy. And Waterboy. So, uh, Would, do you have your rest of your top five? I do not. I think Varsity Blues was four. I'm trying to find it. I told you I'm down at the beach. I'm not. Around so I have my number number five for me, Longest Yard, the original one, mostly because my dad's one of those people who loves really bad '70s movies, and so <laughs> I have watched that so much. Um, so that's more of like a paying homage to him, and then Friday Night. Friday Night Lights was my number four, but I like the book a lot more. The other one, um, I hate to be that person. I like the book a lot more, but um, Blindside, I love the book. Yeah. I hated the movie. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, because I, I, the book was actually made, you know, made it seem like it was both the husband and wife that did a whole lot. Like the husband, I think, was the one who did a lot more for uh, Michael Orr very early on. But in the movie, they made it all about Sandra Bullock and you know, and that was, I don't know. Yeah. Plus, and there's another one we haven't mentioned. What's that? That's we are Marshall or Marshall, whatever yeah. the Matthew McConaughey one is. Yeah. What, yeah. Know. No, that's, um, and then no one's mentioned Rudy. And if you look yeah, at well, any list online, Rudy, yeah. And that's, that's number one on like just about every list you find online. I had to get it. draft day. Draft day is one that a I, lot of people were talking about. I, during the draft. I didn't like it. I haven't seen it. Oh, the other one I thought about, not Jerry Maguire, yeah. mostly because it's so quotable. There's so many things that so many quotes have come out of that movie. Even though I don't like uh, what's his name, you don't like Tom Cruise? No. Come on, man! How do you not like Tom Cruise? Ugh. Like, what's wrong with him? Are you jealous? No. no, we're not going down that road. That that's too much old show. I'll tell you what. I you know those thirty for thirties. 
are uh-huh. cool. And you mentioned yeah. the Express, and that's what I thought about it. It was the SMU one. Was it the Pony Express yeah, or whatever Pony they Express, call that? Yeah. Those type things are cool. But anyway, remember the Titans for me. I mean, it's relevant, and it was pretty yeah. good. Junction Boys, you know, those, those old school stuff like that. But anyway, sports movies are cool when they're done right. And uh, a lot of times they just get – uh, Alan Minton's challenging your Tom Cruise dislike. I Alan, mean, remember Don like has one vote. Man, he's cool, dude. He like looks the same. He's looked the same for fifty years. That's why you don't like him. He's anyway, always, he's also like five, like four one. Right. Well, I mean, some of us aren't. All of us aren't blessed <laughs> to be six five and two thirty five and ripped like Don Callahan. <sighs> Look, Don, this has been fun. It's two twenty two twenty five. Okay, lost five pounds. So, you know, I cover Carolina baseball, and I know my height and weight. And then we interview somebody. I'm not going to call the player out, but we interview <laughs> somebody. And I go back and I look. I'm like, that's a big guy. You know, I go back and look at the thing. He is at my exact height and weight. And I'm laughing because I'm like, how in the heck is that guy right there, my exact height and weight? And he looks like he was built out of a, you know, rock a piece of stone and here i am the same height and weight so four one don't clown it your four one might be somebody's six three let's get out of here all right don callahan it's been the scoop live it will be a new name i'm thinking noon dish afternoon dish afternoon delight high noon scoops a bunch of different options don and i will narrow it down this time next week <laughs> We're going to be canceled before we can actually name this podcast. We're not going to be canceled. We will not lie. We will not go away forever. We are here. Shout out to the folks that joined us. I think I saw it top 70 for lunchtime with Don Callahan on Wednesdays. We'll be back next week um, for the same show. Look, just a heads up this week. Got some baseball content coming out tomorrow. Got a next level show with Greg Barnes and I talked to Pat James of D1 Baseball. Somebody's asking about baseball stuff. Plenty of content in this inside Carolina, and check out Don's scoop about the defensive backfield on the message boards. Check out Sherelle and Joey and Sean and all that basketball talk and all the portal talk and maybe some reclass talk at some point. A lot of stuff going on. There is no offseason. Johnny T-shirt sponsors it. I'm Tommy. That's Don. This has been The Scoop. Everybody, please be safe. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.